Welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast, where today's brightest minds in the medical device industry go to get their most useful and actionable insider knowledge, direct from some of the world's leading medical device experts and companies. Hey everyone, this is Etienne Nichols, uh, the co-host of the Global Medical Device Podcast. Welcome back. We have a special episode for you today with John Spear and Andrew DeMeo. Andrew DeMeo is the CEO and founder of Canvas GT, recently acquired by Greenlight Guru. And so this is a really exciting episode because we get to talk about how this partnership is going to look. How does Canvas GT dovetail in with what Greenlight Guru is already doing? But in this episode, we actually meander a little bit. We talk about different things like uh, Gran Turismo's, the genius of the and, Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance. So if you're a fan of that book, stick around for the end of the episode. It's really good. So without further ado, welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast. Let's let's get started. Welcome back to the Global Medical Device Podcast. This is Etienne Nichols. I am the co-host. With me today is John Spear, our host of the show. But we're kind of flipping the flipping the script a little bit because we have not only John Spear with us, but also Andrew DeMeo. So before I, I'm getting a, a little ahead of myself, uh, Greenlight Guru has recently acquired Canvas GT. Um, we're really excited to make this announcement and to, uh, to get a little bit more into what the details of that uh, looks like. But with us today is the founder and CEO of Canvas GT, Andrew DeMeo. So we're going to have uh, a conversation with him and just talk about the, uh, the solution he brings and the, just the, the way the, this partnership is going to look like and, and how we can uh, help each other out as far as Greenlight Guru's integration with Canvas GT. So um, without further ado, um, Andrew, do you want to mention a little bit about yourself? Oh man, where to begin? So, uh, gosh, my background, you know, is from the New York City medical device industry. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> New York City, yeah, but yeah, I got the New York City part right. Oh man, so yeah, I started my career in the New York City motion picture industry, uh, where I worked on major motion pictures and TV shows like The Sopranos. I don't know if you can see this little yeah. car yeah. from from my days working at The Sopranos uh, back in the city, and I was in you know set dressing and and props, and you know that's really where I started my my design background. Uh, but I also went on to study biomedical engineering and uh, have been in the medical device industry for, I don't know, 25-ish years or something like that. Um, and so, you know, the, the whole entire entirety of my career has been trying to bring, you know, this creative energy that I, you know, really started my career with and, you know, the pragmatic side of medical device product development. I mean, we're talking about devices that are implanted into human beings. And, you know, this is stuff that the the quality of that is just incredibly important. Uh, and how can you bring, you know, creativity and quality together? You know, that's just, it's just spans my, my whole career. And, and so it includes multiple startup companies. Uh, it includes 12 years uh, at NC state and UNC and Duke teaching biomedical innovation, design and entrepreneurship. Uh, it includes working with the NIH on, you know, multiple programs, including C3I, Radix, Blueprint Neuro, uh, and it's, you know, all centered around medical device innovation. Uh, so yeah, that's just a little, a little snapshot into my background. 
That's cool. And for the people who aren't seeing video, the, a, an additional snapshot in his background is the bicycles on the top. So maybe that's a different episode, but, um, but I love, I just love getting to see and getting to talk to you. Uh, I'll, I'll be completely open. Um, when I saw the announcement come through in one of my emails, uh, just one evening I opened my email. I, I know John and others at Greenlight Guru, we're not supposed to be looking at email at, at night, I suppose, but I opened this email and said, we've acquired Canvas GT. And I thought, what in the world? And so I started looking at, on the website and I thought, okay, this is, this is really cool. And I can see how it's going to be a, uh, um, a seamless partnership, but um, you want to describe a little bit about what Canvas GT is and the solution that you'll be bringing? Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're living in an era of, you know, multi-site, you know, real-time collaboration. Um, and this is, you know, the idea for Canvas GT is before the, the pandemic, which only exacerbated this, you know, people collaborating on work from, you know, from multiple sites. And, you know, this idea of being creative while, you know, doing pragmatic work was the inspiration for what would become Canvas GT. And really the best way to describe it is it's a it's a combination of a virtual whiteboard. So you know there's there's many virtual whiteboards out there. It's a combination of a of a virtual you know spreadsheet or table type application like you know, Google Sheets, if you will. And then it brings together the this idea of visual frameworks. And the most simple visual framework that I can describe would be like a Venn diagram. I'm talking you know drawing three circles on a whiteboard, right? And you know how this process goes, you know, let's think old school, let's think, you know, standing together and you've got a whiteboard and you're like, Hey, let's, you know, let's do this Venn diagram. You draw three circles and you start, you know, putting notes into those three circles to understand where the overlap is. And it's a real collaborative process, right? You stand around the board, you're talking, you're putting notes on there, but then when you're done, what happens, right? You know, when you're done, you take a picture, right? And then somebody puts that information into some new form. They'll open up Google Sheets, you know, or Excel, and they'll start to, you know, put that information that was on the whiteboard into the, into the spreadsheet. Um, and so that concept, you know, of very simple frameworks like a Venn diagram, there's really complex and cool uh, visual frameworks. And probably the most popular would be the Business Model Canvas by Alex Osterwalder. If you don't know it, I encourage you to look at it. It's just yeah, awesome. Cool. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's a way to be on a whiteboard and be organizing thoughts about a business model. And again, the same process of, well, now that you're done with this collaborative work, somebody's got to take pictures of it. Somebody's got to move it, you know, into some other form, typically a spreadsheet. Um, and so, you know, my background, which the one piece that I left out from, you know, the entrepreneurial pieces, the, the university piece, I spent a couple of years with an industrial design firm called Trig. And, you know, I really got into this visual framework world. And while I was there, I said, you know, hey, we could we can make a framework that makes the waterfall process more of a visual process, you know, instead of instead of it being thought of as the stage gate where you flow from, you know, needs to inputs to outputs. And then, you know, how 
it's it's a visual framework is is what it is to begin with. It's not necessarily intended to be a stage gated process, and and we all know that we don't work that way. I mean, the moment that you walk up to the whiteboard, you've got an idea for a device. You know, like you you stick the last thing in first, you know, and then you start thinking like, well, what are the needs that we're solving? And you like, and then you go out and you talk to people and try to, you know, validate, are these needs even real, you know? And so it's much more of a holistic thing. And I thought, man, we could, we could create a visual framework that, you know, makes the the waterfall process, if you will, a, ho- a holistic whiteboard activity. And then you know, we did it. We, we, we created the, the whiteboard and we used, there's a ton of multi-site collaborative tools for whiteboarding. I mean, there's like, you know, everybody's got a whiteboard these days. And, you know, so we would, we would do this process, but it was kind of the same thing only in the virtual world. We'd be standing around the virtual whiteboard, putting the information onto the virtual whiteboard and then taking pictures of you know, snapshots of it, and then cutting and pasting that information into a spreadsheet, which could become your trace matrix. Um, and then, you know, say, hey, we're really mature. Let's, you know, we're, we've got traction. Maybe now we're moving that information into, you know, a, a validated application like, like Greenlight Guru, right? And so, that whole thought process, I thought, can we just simplify this thing? Can we just have a place where we can be in the whiteboard doing our work, but the the table is just being built seamlessly, automatically in the background. So you don't have to think about it. You don't have to transcribe it. It's just done. And so that's in a nutshell. <laughs> that's, that's what Canvas GT is. I, I love that because... I have uh, so many customers that, you know, for those of you who don't know, I'm a, one of the medical device gurus at Greenlight Guru. So I get to work directly with the customers and see how they interact with Greenlight Guru. One of the things we consistently see is um, a failure to adopt uh, the, the design controls uh, right off the bat because they're afraid, well, you know, I don't have all my user needs figured out exactly. So I, I don't want to touch it until I'm ready. Not thinking that, you know, this is a living process. It's a living document, but having something like this, you know, a whiteboard, which is exactly what they're doing, you know, in their minds, maybe even in their, on their actual desk, you know, behind their desk with the whiteboard or the sticky notes on the wall, that may be actually what they're doing. So this is, uh, I think this is an incredibly powerful tool that I'm excited to, to start seeing implemented. I was just going to say that, the Andrew and I have now known each other for um, a few years. I mean, we first connected when he was uh, uh, teaching at uh, biomedical engineering and design at NC State, and it was like we were kindred spirits. You know, from that first conversation, um, you know, the, the passion, the vision that that he had, at least you know, in that role at NC State, was you know really about teaching biomedical engineering students how to be. Uh, successful biomedical uh, professionals um, while they were still getting, you know, their education. And so that I'd really connected with that, but yeah, you know, we stayed in touch over the years. And, and I remember when he shared uh, his idea for Canvas GT, I'm like, damn it. Why didn't I think of that? Cause it's so good. <laughs> the workflow that we have in, in green light, I would say is revolutionary. Um, when we introduced that a few years ago, you just that concept of starting with the traceability matrix, but Etienne, you're spot on a lot of, a lot of um, design teams, they're, 
reticent or hesitant to to dive into a traceability matrix because they uh, immediately feel like there's too much structure, too much rigor, uh, too much formality, and they just might not be there yet. The flip side of that, though, is they stay out of a traceability matrix really until it's well, almost too late. A lot of times, you know, they're at the very end and they're like, oh, crap. And now we got to go fill in the blanks. And I think this is that opportunity that that Canvas GT workflow will fill that or bridge that gap. Yeah. At the very least, that design controls um, exercise is no longer helpful if you wait to the end. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So many things that they're missing out on when they do that. Andrew, one of the questions... So. I was looking at the website for Canvas GT. One of the mm-hmm. things I saw was this genius of the and. And so you've already talked about left brain, right brain people. I, I wanted to, to see what uh, what you had to add as far as that goes. Oh, man. So this is just one of my favorite topics. Um, yeah, genius of the and. I think it's A-N-D. And I, I want to say it's been, you know, if, if popularized at all, it would be by the author Jim Collins and he writes about it and he's got some, some good, you know, good discussions on it. So I encourage you to read that, you know, somebody even uh, say great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little nerd joke there, folks. Good yeah. It's good. It's pretty good or, you know, great. Um, <laughs> on the, on the topic of, yeah, you, you know, so the concept of genius of the end is that you've got two opposing, um, forces that, you know, seem to be in contrast with each other. And so you make some sort of a compromise. Um, and the, the, the concept is, Hey, instead of compromising, instead of this or that it's, can we, can we actually maximize both? Right. Uh, where I live this every day is in yoga. You know, when you're doing yoga, it, it kind of, teaches you to be in this pose which you're you, you need all of your you know energy to hold you know you're like need every single one of your muscles activated but at the same time the instructor's be saying like relax you know smile you know and you're like completely <laughs> related say like, how can i be in this pose and relaxed <laughs> and it's like you can actually do both right you can maximize you know your physical performance and maximize being relaxed Um, and so when, you know, the idea when we're, you know, conceiving canvas GT, the, the, the idea that, oh man, there's some really good creative tools, but they're just not that good at the sort of pragmatic side. Um, and there's really good visualization tools that are incredibly analytical, but their, their creative pieces just, it's not quite there. Um, and I didn't want to compromise between those two. I just wanted both. And so I was, I was, t- I was playing around with genius of the end and there's, you know, it's GTA if you turn it into an acronym and I looked at it and I was like, GT is Gran Turismo, you know, and there's this idea of, you know, is, do you build a car to be a race car? You know, that's, that's fast and agile, right? Or do you build a car for, for comfort and long distance, you know, and the idea of the Gran Turismo is this is not a compromise. I mean, this is a race car that can go long distances and be very comfortable. Right. And so I saw that, you know, and I, in my, in my head, I saw, you know, like the Mustang with the little GT or all, you know, all the cars that have 
this, you know, have the name of the car and then the GT like in caps right there next to it. And uh, I said, this is a canvas that's going to have both a board and a table. And once you get into the app, you'll see that, that there's a board and a table that are kind of the same thing. And so we, we defined the canvas as the board and the table. And the GT is inspired from Gran Turismo, which is inspired from Genius of the End. That is so cool. I love that. And I, I, it's just another example in my mind of how Greenlight Guru could, is, is going to be an excellent partner because, you know, that's one of the reasons I'm at Greenlight Guru actually is because I was frustrated with the Excel to Excel, you know, to how do you iterate these things and make your risk actually influence your design. So um, I, I just love that. I think that's so cool. Um, well, I think, you know, so many people, um, med- med- medical device product development teams, I think they get into checkbox mode where, you know, they're like, I got to fill in all the blanks, so to speak. And, and I think this drive or this, this uh, conventional wisdom that, you know, I have to strive toward compliance, uh, unfortunately, it sucks a lot of creativity uh, out of the process. And I think a lot of teams, you know, they may not be even cognizant of it, but they are kind of handcuffed in, in a matter of speaking because of this mindset that they're in. And, and I think there's, you know, how many times I've, well, I could speak for myself. Certainly I can tell you numerous times, especially early in my career where I, um, you know, was given a prototype or a cocktail napkin sketch and more or less, I just um, implemented that product. I didn't go through any sort of creative uh, process or brainstorming or really collaboration is really more or less replicating or, or optimizing, you know, what, what the physician gave me as far as a concept or a prototype. And the few times that, that I did that, the products were not successful. Um, they, they didn't, they didn't gain any traction. And then it was sort of this light bulb. Oh, you know, humans are classic for conveying a potential solution for a problem that they have. They're not good at describing the problem, right? And, and I think a Canvas GT uh, type of solution and workflow uh, is an opportunity to help bridge that gap. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, we're, we're implementing the best practices of, of design thinking, you know, which is really understand the problem, understand the unmet need. Um, and we, you know, a bottom line, we really want to be creative and not, you know, I, we've, we've been there. I don't want to be trying to figure out how to do a trace matrix while I'm being creative, you know, like nobody really wants to do that. And I, and, and I really dislike that design controls is, mm-hmm. is like a bad word. You know, it's this, it's this arduous administrative task that you know it's you're typically doing it in reverse you know you're filling in those blanks and it's that checkbox and i really i really don't like that that um point of view uh i I think that we can we all appreciate um a, a quality controlled process i think most of us would appreciate a quality controlled process when it has to do with receiving our meal cooked to the specifications that we want it, you know, like, right. The temp, the temperature of my steak is right where I want it. And this particular restaurant like nails it every time. Like we all appreciate that. 
And I, I think we should appreciate it a heck of a lot more if it has to do with a medical device that's being implanted into a loved one. I think we should appreciate it a, a lot more. But the creative process of of cooking, you know, think about think about like a a master chef that's just got like these notebooks of like they've been doing the recipe over and over and over and over again. They just got like all these notes and all these notes, and they're being super creative. And then one day they're like, boom, this is the one. And then they sort of memorialize that one, right? As opposed to the way we do it. I mean, I can't speak for you guys, but you know, like we're creative in the kitchen and we get a meal and then we're creative in the kitchen and we get a meal. And then one day we're like, I think this is it. And then the next time we're like, wait, how did we do that? You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what tweak did we, we made a tweak last time, but I don't remember what that <laughs> tweak was. But yeah, and the time before that, I think we made another tweak, right? And so, gosh, you know, it's like, can we just be creative? And can we have those notes just captured? Because, you know, one day we're going to want to memorialize it and say, yes, this is the one. And and so just to have a tool, just to have like the chef's notebook, right? That in many ways, this is like Canvas GT. It's just the chef's notebook. Just be creative, do your work, you know. And oh, by the way, all those changes you've been making over the past months or years are getting captured in this, you know, pseudo informal place that's that's capturing all your notes in a nice organized framework that when you're ready, you'll be ready. Like when you're ready, oh, wait, arduous you know, task to define my needs. No, they're done. You know, we got them done. So, well, but I, I think that's the magic, if you will, because, well, first of all, I think a lot of uh, listening might say that, that it's, this is heresy, creativity and regulated environment. That those things are not possible, but it is possible. The, the thing that's been the, the, where it breaks down though, is, uh, documenting that creativity is where where a lot of times that you know this sort of falls to the wayside. You know, a lot of times creatives, at least in my experience, aren't always best about documenting things. Um, and and, and the Canvas GT uh, concept and the workflow and, and the framework makes it, I would say, fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and certainly manageable and certainly tolerable uh, and, and not so rigid that that is a traceability, ma- full blow, blown traceability matrix. But it provides that context and, and shows, you know, the thread, so to speak. So that at such time, because at some point in time, you do have to serve that regulatory or that compliance master. Uh, sure. You've got to be able to demonstrate that traceability because the the people who are looking at your design history file and your documentation and traceability matrix, you got to spoon feed them, really, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things you said earlier, John, when you were talking about the problem, it reminded me early in my career, which some may, may people may argue with me that I'm still there, which is fine. You know, but yeah, I had you don't a, have any gray hair, <laughs> but I had a, uh, a boss that one, that was actually my first boss. I really love this guy. He always told me, um, I see what you're trying to do. Is that, is that really solving the problem? And he always, it was always, you know, what's the real problem. And he finally told me one day, it's like the heart of the problem is the seed of the solution. And that, that just stuck with me. I just love that, that phrase that he said. You had a good mentor. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Man, I learned by trial and error, you know, making mistakes, which, you know, there's something to be said for that too, but it's good to have that mentor to push you. Mm -hmm. 
Oh yeah. It, he was, he's a great guy. Still is a great guy. I could call him um, today if I wanted to, but one of the things I want to ask you, John was uh, you already knew Andrew a little bit before this partnership went down. I was curious, how did that conversation go and, and what did that look like? Well, uh, I, I remember the day that I, I don't, Andrew didn't call me the, the day he came up with this concept, but I think I read a blog post or a PDF or something or, or another. I, I, it was a, a nonverbal exchange of information. I was reading it and I'm like, Oh my goodness. And then I think, you know, immediately I, I said, Hey, hey let's, let's find some time to talk. And, um, you know, this was probably, um, more or less order of magnitude a couple years ago when this concept for canvas GT, I, I first learned about it. And soon thereafter, I think, I know we did a, a, a podcast episode. I think we might've had Andrew, you did a webinar, I think too. Right? A webinar. Yeah. yeah. And you know, the slide deck from that, and Etienne remind me, we'll find the link to that webinar and post it because I think it really conceptualizes what we're talking about in, in the canvas GT product quite well. Um, so we did that. And then, you know, uh, but it was an idea at that stage. Uh, Andrew had not reduced the idea to to practice or to to a functional prototype, but we kept in touch. And you know, one day he said, "Hey, I'm I'm going to start a company around this idea." And I'm like, "I think that's fabulous." And so, you know, at every step along the way, you know, we we kept in in contact and in touch with one another. And you know, a while back, um, we said, "You know, let's." these things green light and canvas they're they're like peanut butter and chocolate they have to go together <laughs> um they have to go together um uh, so um you know we we worked out some details of, of a business relationship and then you know as, as things turn out things are happening on the green light side of things uh you know with with our partnership with jmi equity and and some some other things that are going on um you know to grow our business and it only made sense that you know let's let's bring canvas gt into the fold of of greenlight and you know let canvas gt still develop this product but do so in a in a framework or in a context that that actually just dovetails with the existing workflows within greenlight that's my take of of the, how this came to be i mean maybe andrew has a different take yeah andrew there. what was your perspective <laughs> yeah i mean very similar and, and, you know, agree with all of that. Um, you know, it, I can't tell you how excited I am to be on the same team with, with Greenlight Guru and the way this worked out. You know, we formally uh, incorporated on February 7th, 2020. Um, so it's, you know, not that long ago, but it was, it was right before, you know, the, the March, everything closes. Right. And right after that, I, you know, it was like the, the bat phone. I got, I got a phone call from the NIH saying, Hey, you know, we're standing up this program called RADx rapid acceleration of, you know, diagnostic tests for, for COVID. And they were pulling in, you know, thought leaders and, and advisors to, you know, help get these new innovative products to the market very fast like you know the fastest innovation cycle you've ever seen um and so how can you say no you know you have to say yes to this it's it's the opportunity of a lifetime to do the most important work um that that i've ever done and 
And so, you know, here I am working, you know, around the clock. I mean, it was a, a seven days a week, you know, with the NIH Radix program. Oh, and we have a startup company that, that we're bootstrapping. And I had pull, pulled in, you know, so in, in February, we, 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 we talked, I looked at my calendar, Janet. I want to say that, that we had a, a conversation probably a week after the incorporation to say, Hey, yeah. And it was that, and it was an idea, literally an idea in February, 2020. And, uh, I've got, you know, three team members, all four of us are, are with, uh, Greenlight Guru now and, you know, two developers and a UI UX designer slash project manager slash product, you know, owner, slash slash everything, everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so all of us had other things, other jobs. So we, we bootstrapped Canvas GT on nights and weekends, you know, for what would become, you know, 22 months at the point where, you know, the acquisition is happening, but around, you know, around 18 months, we had, a, it was real. You could use it. We had users, you know, using it. And I realized we have, we have to raise money. I mean, we can't do this on nights and weekends. And so from my perspective, there was this concern. I believed that what we had was, was a platform technology that could be that with the with the wrong investor, it could be pivoted to, you know, hey, medical devices is really hard. Why don't we do, you know, some other industry sector that'd be easier, you know? You know, part of me felt like, okay, this is okay. It's a good place to be as an entrepreneur to know that, you know, we have a business that can be a lucrative business. Um, but there was this twinge of, you know, I don't want to be, you know, our the inspirations medical device industry that's from the beginning this is where we want it to go uh, and i knew with you know traditional financing that would be a potential risk and you know so when the conversation started to ensue like hey should we be on the same team you know and why you know why would you you know 18 months into, you know, a new startup be talking about an acquisition, you know, why, why would you even be considering that? You know, the thought that was running through my mind was this ensures the mission, you know, we have, you know, we, we've got synergistic vision to improve quality of life, medical device industry. It ensures that it, it gets to the users that inspired it to begin with. And as fast as possible. I mean, you know, with the horsepower of a of a green light guru, it's like every dollar that's going into the business is shooting it right in the right direction with all of the right people around it. And so it just it became, you know, why would we want any other way to finance this business than just to be with the strategic partner? And I think there's a nugget of uh, at least a nugget or two of wisdom in there, especially if, if those listening who might be working for a startup who you, you might be, you know, there's a, a saying that, that a mentors of mine talked about from the startup, you have to go through the valley of death. And, you know, my take on that is you get to, to the point where, you know, you're almost literally looking for uh, extra cash and the cushions of your couch to survive. You got to get through that hump. The temptation for, um, 
investment is very great. Well, oftentimes these the startups they they get into a relationship with an investor that's not a good fit for them, but they're so um, hungry or, or in need of cash to keep the thing going uh, that that they don't always think clearly about that. They're they're more uh, lured by by the idea of getting the capital, uh, and they may not find out for several months uh, later that man, that, that's not the right partner for them. So, you know, that, that's a nugget. I want people, to, you know, especially those startups listening, uh, when you're seeking that investment, find partners, um, strategic partners that are going to align with your mission. And, and I would also say for those who might be acquiring companies or making investments into companies, do the same thing, you know, um, don't just, you know, throw dumb money at, at the problem or, and hope that it works out. You know, make sure your interests are aligned. Mm-hmm. One of the things I'm pretty impressed with what what you said too is from an engineer standpoint, the fact that these tools are being built to make life a little bit easier for the engineer themselves working on medical device products. You know, I I had some friends who went to SpaceX or you know different places like that. Excellent engineers. These these guys were great. Um, I've actually talked to uh, Tom Rich about this, one of the, uh, the the leader of our fearless medical device gurus here. Um, and you know, just the temptation to leave the medical device industry because of the regulation or the difficulty or, you know, always coming up against these difficult tools. Going back to what you said earlier, you know, we should be concerned with quality um, if, you know, this is an implant that's going into one of our loved ones. Uh, we want the best engineers to stay in this industry. Absolutely. So the fact that you dedicated to to doing that, to to dedicating a tool to the medical device industry, I think is commendable. I think that's that's really cool. So I appreciate I mean, it from my side. <laughs> well, I mean, and you know, from the green light point of view, I mean, over the years, from day one, I had conviction like med device. And you know, there there would be questions or inquiries. Well, what about pharma? About this, what about that? I'm like, okay, maybe there's needs there. Uh, but I'm passionate about medical device. You know, by the time we started Greenlight, I'd, I'd been in the industry for, hang on, I got to do some quick math. Um, <laughs> well, 15 plus years at that point. Yeah, about 15 years. Um, but it's, that's what I was passionate about. And the, there were, there are needs, there continue to be needs in the medical device industry, you know, not just products, uh, of course, but things to make life easier for the medical device professionals. There's still a lot of opportunity. And that's, that's our mission at Greenlight is continue to solve problems that address the needs of medical device professionals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's so important. Um, you know, th- those, those people that leave the medical device industry for, you know, th- this is in many ways rooted in the inspiration. You know, when I worked in the medical device industry, you know, or for large medical device companies as a design engineer way back at the beginning of my career, I saw the most creative, you know, young engineers join the company and then get, you know, worn out by the regulations and leave. Yeah. And uh, I remember it was, you know, the, I was hired to teach the design class at, at NC state. And, you know, back then there was just nobody was doing, there was maybe one, I shouldn't say nobody. There was a couple of programs doing a couple of different things. There was programs like Stanford biodesign that were putting students into, into hospitals. You know, these are, you know, postgraduate students. There was a couple of programs that that had 
you know, say a quality system implemented in the classroom. Uh, but it was incredibly few and, and far between. And, and so I, I implemented both of those on the very first day of class and said, hey, look, we're going to go into the hospitals to find our unmet needs. And we're, we have a quality system and design controls in this classroom. And the students were, you know, had no idea. They'd never even heard of design controls. And it's amazing, you know, you can you can probably still today get a biomedical engineering degree and not know what design controls yeah. is. You can be, you know, a founder of a startup company and not know what design controls are. You're like looking down the road to your 510K. At any rate, you know, I remember looking at these kids and saying, look, you know, the future of humanity depends on the most creative of you to stick in this industry, like go and work as design engineers for medical device companies and, and bring your creative talents there and, and stay there. Uh, and, and I wanted to say, look, here's the regulations. Your job is to be creative and you can do both, right? So we're like genius of the end, right? You can do both of these things. And yeah, it's not fair that we don't necessarily have the tools to do it, right? You know, so can we start, can we create tools so that it, it you know, they it's fun, right? They want to be there. They can say, yeah, of course, there's these regulations. They're incredibly important. And we've got some tools that allow us to do our work and be creative and stay here, right? That's, yeah. Uh, so did you, did any of the uh, students, did they come up with or see those unmet needs and fill those or any stories about oh, that? Oh, yeah. I mean, we've got multiple startup companies that have come out of the classroom. Wow. Uh, the the most successful of of those is a company called 410 Medical, and they're they're located in in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, but those were students working with a clinician. You know, clinician had had an idea. You know, we reduced his idea to the problem to be solved, you know, <laughs> and then went through the creative process and you know, we had um, invention disclosures going to the university. We were breaking records for how many invention <laughs> disclosures we were sending to the tech transfer office year after year after year, you know, and then out of those, you'd have a handful, you know, try to start companies. And then you had another handful that actually did start companies. And then you got, you know, a couple that, that have been successful out of that bunch. So, yeah. That's really encouraging to hear. That's cool. Okay, so just to do kind of a hard shift, you know, we have these little uh, questionnaires we give uh, people who ask questions and things. And one of the things that you had mentioned there was that you like uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Um, John's actually talked about my bookshelf. I actually have that book on my. I just read this a couple of months ago. Um, what What do you what, got? Any thoughts on that? <laughs> I, you know, so it's a it's a bit of a broken record. You know, I. I, <laughs> I, I, I I read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance when I was, uh, you know, young, a kid um, in college. And I didn't know at the time that I was holding the genius of the end in my hands, you know. <laughs> um, but this is, you know, what is the motorcycle? Is it is it this, you know, classical thing? Is it this romantic thing? You know, it's 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 both of those both of those things. The uh, the thing that I really like about Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance is it defines quality in it. You know, I mean, the whole book is is defining what is quality, what is good. And this idea that there's both um, there's there's both. I'll say qualitative and quantitative good, 
right? I mean, how do you grade a, a piece of art or, you know, a, a literary piece of work for being a quality piece of work um, versus, you know, a, a math problem being correct is the good one, right? And um, the the genius of the end is is bringing these things together and saying, hey, look, this is the same thing, this thing that is made up of, you know, nuts and, and bolts and, and, you know, and a transmission and an engine and cylinders, you know, this technical thing is this, is this piece of art. It's beautiful too. It's, it's both of these things. And, um, the idea of, of good being, um, that it, it like improves health. We seek good. Like we, it, like it feels good. Uh, I think instinctually we know like to have shelter, to be warm, to eat, like it's, this is good. Right. And, and so this idea that you can, you know, hear music and be like, yeah, this is good. You know, like this meal is good, right? Like that art is good. That motorcycle is good. Right. Like, and so this idea of, of defining quality in both, you know, that, classical and romantic way in which it's it's defined or described in that book i think just does a masterful job of of teaching genius of the and um around the idea of quality so it's like yeah if you're uh if you're in medical devices this should be required reading yeah the, well, the true I, it might be required reading for <clears throat> for anyone uh it's it's kind of <laughs> It's kind of one of those life books, I think. Um, and I'm not going to spoil it. I, I promise folks, but what I appreciated the most about, about, um, Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance is this father is going on this journey with his, with his son and, you know, and, and other folks are with him too, but, um, the son is, well, it, it's just kind of cool to see how the son, uh, his perspective changes as the journey progresses because I don't know that he um, appreciate. I think he just thought that he was going on a ride with his his dad on a motorcycle for a while, and then you know you get into like there's maintenance along the way, figuring out where you're going to stay, figuring out where you're going to eat, and all these sorts of things. That so that that interpretation of quality evolves uh, throughout that journey. Yeah, it's it's something I've been interested to talk to the leaders of Greenlight Guru really about because true quality is one of our values. And I've always wondered as we talk through quality, we have a little bit of a discussion sometimes with the gurus on the guru side. What is quality? Doing right the first time, oh, yes, doing the right thing every time. You know, we talk about it, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, that's cool. You know quality when you see it. And the medical device industry itself almost seems to be that juxtaposition that the genius of the end, both things working in tandem, the creative and yeah, the regulation. Can, can you measure it? Yeah. Can you measure, you know, when you see it, but can, can you measure it? And, and yeah, it. I, yeah, I, I've defined innovation. This is, this is another thing like to, to improve quality um, and, and reduce the reduce cost, right? This is like an equation for innovation. And so if you use the Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance and the, it, etiology of the of the word good um which is comes from the latin um, bene which means to do good too and so i'm like okay so quality is what is good is to do good too 
from Ben A increased benefits, like, oh yeah, benefits over costs, like, oh yeah, benefits over costs. That makes sense. Well, wh- like what is doing good? What is to do good? And I said, well, that's to be caring. Like if you're, if you care, like you're caring, you're doing good. And then I'm thinking like, well, how do you know, what's the, what's the costs piece? And I go to the etiology of cost and I get to the, I get to thoughtful. And so it's like caring over thoughtful. It's like, if you can be caring and thoughtful, then you're going to be innovative. Yeah. There's a, you you talking about that. um, Speaking of the diagrams reminds me of the the classic speed, quality, cost uh, Venn diagram. And I don't know if it's conventionalism, but there is this pervasive thinking around that, that you can pick two. And I guess in my mind, I'm like, well, why can't I have all three? Yeah, you you can. You can, all right. (laughs) Just this is, and and I think this is, as Canvas GT, the workflow integrates with Greenlight workflow, I think medical device product development. This is my prediction, Etienne. So um, do a little prognostication, but uh, I think medical device uh, product developers are going to find that in using this concept and these workflows uh, that are designed for them, uh, that they can have speed. They can address it uh, quickly. They can do it cost effectively uh, without sacrificing or compromising quality along the way. I think that's a good stopping point. Andrew, did you have anything you wanted to add? No, that's that's right. beautiful. Yeah, that's a that's a beautiful ending. I'm excited for the the future of Greenlight Guru and Canvas GT. This is a bit of a peek uh, into what the future holds, but I hope uh, it's been of interest to you all today. So uh, until next time, you've been listening to the Global Medical Device Podcast.